2: It's time to talk politics. It's Hardline on WBEN. Now, WBEN's David Bellavia.
1: Welcome back to Hardline. We've got uh, Michael Caputo in studio. Grandpa, that one over there, if you could. There we go. We're just doing some uh, last-second. Caputo's all dressed up in uh, what appears to be a zoot suit. From, He looks like an understudy to Nathan Detroit and Guys and Dolls right now. That's what it is. Now, Michael Caputo joins us uh, just uh, fresh off a CNN appearance. Dr. Jacob Neuheisel here from the University of Buffalo, Office of Political Science. Uh, Mr. Caputo, how would you rate your last 72 hours?
3: Boy, that's the toughest question I've had for 72 hours.
1: That's why I get paid the big bucks.
3: (laughs) Um, Overwhelming um maybe the biggest 72 hours of my life since my children were born, each one of them you know you can't over, you can't do better than that. I don't even know what's next for my family. It's really amazing that's a good question
1: so so when you when you consider uh you know people think well you just you got thrown into a mix uh, you know you, you got a lawyer bill. Uh, This just one time you pay the attorney and now Mueller's gone and everything's back to normal. No. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, what comes with that is that there is a radioactive nature that comes around when you're nationally known for being for conspiring with an enemy against your own country This is not something that goes away. There's no refund. You don't get a receipt that you go back to the Department of Justice and say, could I have that, can I have my honor back that Robert Mueller borrowed?
3: It's not just, I mean, it's, there are, I think, 50 people who have been through this, maybe 48. Um, The vast majority of them, witnesses, uh, all of them probably, with families. I think Carter Page doesn't have a family, but he doesn't seem to have the time for it. But, uh, uh the moment that um, my wife became a citizen on February 20th of 2017, we had just witnessed the inauguration of the president that I worked for. Uh, she was happy. I was so happy. I remember posting pictures of her citizenship uh, event on, uh, on Facebook. One month later, on March 20th, in the United States House of Representatives Committee on Intelligence open hearing with James Comey. James Comey was asked about my wife. And if he thought she was a spy, 30 days after she became a citizen of this country. Now, not in so many words, Representative Jackie Spear, I call her Representative Jackie Smear. Within 10 days, I was in touch with Dennis Vaco and Lipus Mathis. Initially, I thought I was going to go after them for calling my for for slandering my wife. It's one thing to go after somebody who works for the pre- who worked for the president of the United States, a staffer. I kind of sign up for that. My wife begged me not to get involved with Donald Trump. Begged me when I went when I met my wife. We were working on a campaign in Ukraine, and our campaign manager was murdered. And I promised my wife when I when I when I when I when I asked her to marry me that I would get out of politics because it was a deadly business and when Donald Trump said become my New York State primary director my wife begged me not to get involved and there she was in the United States House of Representatives Intelligence Committee in front of James Comey being asked by a by a congresswoman from California if she was some kind of spy
1: and and her crime being that she wasn't born in the United States
3: and she married me right you know, who happened to know Donald Trump. And, and, and so, I, by the way, I was sent to Russia in 1994 by Bill Clinton's administration to meddle in their elections.
1: For Bar, uh, Boris Yeltsin. Right. And, and again, Seven
3: years I was there on behalf of my country, and the irony's not lost on me.
1: So I'm just trying to put this in perspective here. We we now know no indictments are coming. Here's what we do know, though. There is going to be Michael, Michael Horowitz and mm-hmm. the inspector general is out there. He's looking into FISA court abuses. He's looking into, you know, we have a director of the FBI and James Comey who decides to leak uh, notes taken from the president of the United States. For the sole purpose of getting a special prosecutor Mm -hmm. in Robert Mueller. Now we find out nothing has come of that. But you can't, you might not be able to indict a president. I'm sure that's a debate for the courts. Most people will say you can. It's policy,
3: but it's not law. But you
1: certainly can indict Don Jr. You can. You could certainly indict Michael Caputo. You can indict Jared Kushner. You could indict everyone else that was thrown into this group. None of that's happening. I'll tell you what, though. Michael Horowitz is going to indict some people.
3: He is. And I know uh, I've, uh, uh, Dennis Vaco at Lipis Math and, uh, and, and I, we've been together now for, for two years. You know, uh, in a lot of ways, I've spent more time with Dennis Vaco than I have you, David, and you're a very dear friend of mine. Dennis and I have traveled to Washington together. He's traveled by himself on my behalf to Washington to meet with people at the highest level of classified clearances, uh, to get locked into a skiff. Uh, which is one of those uh, ultra secret rooms? Radio waves and telephones can't work in there. To go in there to review my testimony, which they will not release. Uh, we have complained about uh, uh, to the to the inspector general and to others in the Department of Justice about a rush, a violent Russian criminal who, in, at the end of May, uh, in in jail for 13 years, end of May 2016, can, comes to me and offers me uh, uh, information about Hillary Clinton. And I, I deflected him off to Roger Stone because I was at the convention at that, going to the convention at that time. Come to find out he's a he's a an FBI informant for 17 years on the payroll of the FBI with an FBI informant visa. I've reported that to the to the to the IG's office and I'm only one person. I don't know how many how many well, other people reported things. There is something seriously wrong here, Dave. my phone, on Friday evening started working it's like somebody left my phone was was rebooting randomly for two years I would uh, calls would go straight to voicemail emails wouldn't come in for hours texts wouldn't come in for hours my phone was malfunctioning for over two years and then Friday it started working again
1: So I can text you again. Yeah, you can. I I mean, this this is is very serious stuff. No, but listen, though. This is the exact M.O. that happened to Papadopoulos. No doubt. You had a guy in a bar leaking a story, speaking loud. Mm -hmm. He heard it. They even brought in a woman in his situation. Uh, Alcohol, all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, tell me what you just heard. They now use someone to troll and try to get information out of you that they gave you. They they were this 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 idea of we know money laundering right anyone that studies the mafia anyone that studies el chapo you understand the fact that you take money illegally you try to put it through a righteous business a legal business and you launder that money these guys were intelligence laundering they were and that is absolutely. I don't know how the FBI recovers. There is a lot of great people in the FBI, locally, Here, nationally, in Buffalo. We've we have got great, honorable FBI. men yeah. and women who would do anything to keep us safe. But this reputation is something that we are we're not going to recover.
3: from. It's amazing to me that the, you know. Reason why Dennis, uh, the, uh, the, that uh, George Papadopoulos went to jail. The reason why he pled guilty to a felony. They asked him a question. Um, when did you tell Alexander Downer? the uh, the Australian diplomat we sent to you as a spy, as, a, as an informant, when did you tell Alexander Downer about Hillary Clinton's emails being in Russian hands? Was it before you joined the campaign or after you joined the campaign? And he said, mm, by the way, without an attorney. They grabbed him without an attorney, sat down for hours with them in the airport and told him this answer. He said, I don't know. It was before the campaign. And they said, eh, wrong. You told them. After you were appointed, but before your appointment was made public so you lied and in that room he admitted to uh, to violating the 1001 uh, uh, you know violation against lying against the FBI that's a that's a felony right there he admitted to a felony in the airport he'd just gotten off a plane. they grabbed him in line at, at passport control, sat him down surrounded by FBI agents and never he didn't have an attorney and he made that mistake 14 days in jail felony on his life. Right? You know the difference between me and George Papadopoulos? Dennis Vaco. Because they pulled that on me in my interrogation on May 2nd in 2018. They did the same thing about this Russian uh, FBI informant that was sent to me from Florida. I was on the phone with him for two minutes. And Dennis asked me before I went in that meeting, did anyone ever step on your shoe, you know, bump into your bumper? Any Russian at all. You got to remember everything. And I said, well, I got this two-minute phone call. And Dennis said, that's it. Dude, they sent him to you. You better reply with that information to them. So when they asked me, did any Russian ever bump into you, and offer you anything at all? I said yes, this man named Henry Greenberg in Florida called me, I was on the phone with him for two minutes and I told him the story. And the, my interrogator's face fell like a cake. And the interview was cut short. It was supposed to be six hours long. Me and Dennis were out of there in three hours, 12 minutes and 27 seconds right they cut it short you know why because dennis vacco walked me through that minefield poor george papadopoulos got answered asked a simple question answered it wrong and and he admitted to a felony right dennis vacco this prosecutor came at me and he said mr Caputo, when did this conversation happen i said i think it was second week of may no, second week of June, that was what it was. Second week of June, 2016, why? I told him why. He said, well, Mr. Caputo, would it matter to you if I told you that it happened May 29th, 2016? I looked at him and I said, still not getting it. You know, I look at, at Vaco and he's got this look in his eye like, this is it, dude. And I said, I don't know. I, I feel like it might be June. And this guy stood up. He was short. It was hard to tell that he stood up, right? But he stood up, and he looked at me, and he pointed at me. and he said, Mr. Caputo, I think, and just before he could get out of, out of his mouth, the words, you've lied about the date you did this. It's a 1001 violation. It's a felony. Dennis Vacco said, gentlemen, let's take a break for a second. It was like, it was like calling time out during an extra, the kick of an extra point. Right at the moment of the, uh, you know what I mean? That's what Dennis did. Those guys left the room. Dennis sat me down, asked me a few questions. They came back in the room, and they never got that out of their mouths. The difference between me and George Papadopoulos is Dennis Vaco and Lippis Mathis. That's And I paid them, and they're worth every penny. I had them on retainer for two years. It isn't like you said before. Oh, you go interview or hire a guy for an hour and he leaves. Take your brother. He's a real estate attorney. He'll be helpful, right? If you don't have somebody who is a government white-collar crime expert, and Dennis Falker was our attorney general and our Western District U.S. attorney in, here, in, here in, in New York. He knows everything there is to know about government white-collar crime. If you don't have somebody like that sitting next to you as a witness, You're George Papadopoulos, and your life is ruined.
1: Well, you're Michael Flynn. Right. Michael Flynn, in that case, he's Same exact thing. Hey, let's talk on a sidebar, one-on-one, don't need an attorney. We're just going to put this to bed right now, and what happens? You lied to an FBI... And and what was that lie based on? What was the date? Did you talk to this guy Mm -hmm. while you were with the campaign, before you were uh, told you were going to be the NSA? All of those things added up, and now this guy's reputation is... I mean, he served his country for 35 years.
3: And he had nobody there to blow the whistle for him. Single-handedly
1: rewrote the intelligence military apparatus of how we gleam intelligence. Michael Flynn was responsible for the retina database that we keep on terrorists right Mm -hmm. now. We scan their eyes and we know instantly who they are, what they've been processed through. Given tremendous amounts to the war on terror and, and our nation, that's not as. We his were supposed
3: uh, to be looking for collusion with Russia. Yeah. No, we, we were weren't. supposed to be looking for. You know what? You're absolutely right. We're David. not looking that's for the collusion. Dar- that's the truth right there. Yeah. This has never been about collusion I got or collusion
1: I got collusion with Russia It's a it's a it's when you when you take intelligence from CNN i report which by the way is so credible CNN doesn't even put it on their website anymore Right You're basically taking what did you hear happen I mean the, local affiliates do this all the time If you've got news of a traffic accident CNN unconfirmed unverified not homogenized news and you throw it up on a website this guy is going through Dr. Neuheisel, if a term paper came to you on Wikipedia, would you take it?
0: <laughs> Probably not. No. Probably
1: not. The University of Buffalo has higher standards than the right. FISA court did. Right. And then there was misleading. There was, uh, you know, uh, again, laundering information. We saw this with Hillary in her emails. Yeah. She would take information from her buddy, uh, 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 Sidney Blumenthal. She would throw it on mm-hmm. CIA letterhead. Yeah. And send it to the President of the United States yeah. about what was going on in Libya. This is a mode of operandi. But now we have no indictments. We have a Mueller report. The Democrats know this Mueller report was never supposed to be public because why? It took innocent people accused of a felony and they didn't have enough To actually convict them on a felony. But now you want those people to be, their lives to be destroyed because the government Every one of us. didn't have enough. Every one
3: of us. My my business is destroyed. Carter Page is unemployed. J.D. Gordon is unemployed. I could go through the list of them, but most of those people don't want their names used.
1: Well, because if I hire you now as a consultant, what are you? You're the guy that colluded with Russia. Right.
3: Because it doesn't matter that I was a witness the whole time. It doesn't matter that I was never a target. It doesn't matter for a second that no collusion was found and there was no obstruction the fact of the matter is to a small cabal a proggy little leftist here in Buffalo and across the country I'm the guy who colluded with Russia I served my country the United States Army I served in the United States Congress I served overseas for my country as a civilian I am about as patriot as patriot gets and I surround myself with patriots and when I hear a proggy little leftist out of Elmwood Avenue uh, calling me a traitor Someone who never served their country? See, that's what I have to deal with from now forward. There is no office in the Capitol, the National Office of Reputation Restoral. It doesn't exist. I don't get the money back that I've lost. It isn't just the funds that I paid to my attorneys, which I raised through the generosity of a lot of people listening today. It isn't just that, and Vocco and Lippis Mathis were worth every single penny, because in that room, when I was sitting in Patriots Plaza, sitting in front of two FBI agents and a prosecutor, they had handcuffs. They wanted to take me away. They wanted to trap me in a lie about a date, right, so they could say, okay, Mr. Caputo, you have now committed a felony. You're your, your cousin, the, the lawyer, your divorce lawyer didn't manage to stop us as we were winding you up. So now you need to turn evidence against the president of the United States or we're going to prosecute. You saw they gave a draft uh, 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 document to, to Corsi. Here's the indictment we're going to bring down on you if you don't lie about Roger Stone and the, and the president, right? And here's the thing, Professor I was a student at UB. I graduated from UB in 1986. Every single, and I graduated, I studied political science there. Every single one of your students could be sitting right where I am today. Because the biggest mistake they could make is to get involved in politics. It is blood sport. It is blood sport. Not only did I almost go to jail for nothing, not only did I lose two years of my life for nothing, not only did this investigation cross my children for nothing, Not only did this turn my wife in 30 days from a new citizen to someone who regretted being here, now I can't even really start over again because some silly little leftist who doesn't take showers down on Elmwood is busy talking about how Michael Caputo is a traitor. Where do I get that to stop? How do I get that to stop?
1: Well, listen, we're going to talk about that and so much uh, more, especially about the people that don't shower in Elmwood. I'd like to know who they are. But uh, Michael... uh, Swing
3: a dead cat, you'll hit
1: one. We're going to talk more with Michael Caputo. We're going to take a break. 803-0930, Republican Line, 644-9875, the Democratic Line. More with Michael Caputo talking about the Mueller report. Uh, This is just riveting radio. Hopefully it is for you. Uh, Back after this on Harline. Welcome back to Hardline. We want to get as much in as we can. We've got Michael Caputo in here, fresh off of uh, an interview he just did with CNN. Dr. Jacob Nyeheisel from the University of Buffalo. We we just kind of went through the, the, the private emotional drain that this took with uh, this Mueller investigation. Now that it's over, we now know that uh, Attorney General William Barr is... At the Department of Justice, Rod Rosenstein, the assist, uh, deputy attorney general, he's there as well. We anticipate there to be some sort of uh, summary of the Mueller report, not the actual Mueller report, that will be briefed to members of the House and the Senate. And then it has been leaked that we, the American people, will see that executive summary when it's ready to be seen. Uh, but Dr. Nahaisel, what do you think?
0: Oh, I just wanted to ask uh, Mr. Caputo, since I'm I'm sort of the the guy who has the the view from ten thousand feet. I'm not <laughs> the stunt brain, <laughs> if you will. Either. I'm not you know much into the the individual players involved in minutia, but I, simple question: What's next? Oh wow! Not necessarily for you, but what, no. Where, yeah, how um, I, do you I see mean, this unfolding?
3: I think I think we're uh, we're gonna get. Uh, no matter what is said. And no matter what you believe, if you're for Trump, against him, if you're for Rachel Maddow keeping her job or against her, you know, there's going to be things in this report that are not good for Donald Trump. There are. It's just a matter of fact, there are people who are indicted around him uh, that uh, uh, that are close enough to him to get some splash on him. You know, Paul Manafort, campaign chairman, right? Uh, Rick Rick Gates, uh, a deputy chairman of the inaugural uh, and, and campaign manager of his campaign for months. There are going to be things and and they're going to have a bad day, but it is nowhere near the day that they were going that, that, that everybody was promised. Not even four percent of the terrible things that everybody was praying for on the prog- progressive leftist side of the barrel, the never Trump side of the Republican barrel. Um, and the, the Democrats, if you've watched the pivot in the last 24 hours, they are – this is just the beginning, right? The Nadler investigation sent me and 80 other people letters asking for documents and inviting us to go testify. Um, they're going to continue this on the Democratic side. And I think it's a huge mistake because, because there's real investigation fatigue, Russia investigation fatigue. I could see where the Democrats could get away with investigating uh, – Uh, The, you know, Don Jr. or something for, no, the president's, let's say the president's uh, tax forms or, um, you know, his purchase of the Buffalo Bills. I could see that kind of stuff not being uh, fitting into the investigation fatigue box. Investigations will continue. They're foolish to continue with Russia. They're foolish. Um, And it's also House intelligence. So what we have here is an opportunity right now for the president and the Republican Party to adopt a message and put it out there on every single communications platform on the planet with every single communicator that they have working for them. Everything. Twitter, Facebook, surrogate speeches, TV, radio, print. The president on the road giving speeches in four different cities. The vice president, four different cities. Onslaught like the last 10 days of the election. If it were Ronald Reagan, that's what we'd be doing right now. The Republicans taking this and saying this very simple message, you arrayed through questionable means and even criminal means, arrayed the most bruising, brutal and talented investigators in America in a group, uh, in a special prosecutor's office that is the strongest prosecution investigation group that has been put together since then the 21st century and you came up with nothing and you wasted 40 million dollars of American taxpayers money and you ruined 50 lives and you tied my hands on my agenda well right now we're going to get things done it's over we're going for infrastructure we're going for the wall we're going for more trade deals we're going to full force to get a a, a peace treaty with North Korea get on top of these issues and hammer them into the ground and it's not going to happen that way we'll get some tweets And some communications. But if Ronald Reagan were in this seat, and he was, remember, in Iran-Contra,
1: no, nowhere in the stratosphere. This is the biggest. This yeah, is the biggest scandal is, in
3: American presidential history.
1: Yeah, no, this is a little bit bigger than Iran Contra in the sense that you, you there was smoke with Iran Contra. Right. There right. was definitely an arms exchange. There was definitely hostages. This was based, uh, you know, on uh, a Wikipedia entry by someone with Cheetos on their fingers in their basement. I mean, we there was no evidence whatsoever that any of this ever took place.
3: How do you teach this? How do you teach this? How the do University you live with a- yourself, Doctor? No, no, but I mean, Seth Abramson, a professor up in University of New Hampshire, teaches a course called Russian Collusion.
0: When if it didn't exist, do they get to have to give those credit hours back? I don't know. To be honest, I <laughs> I try to be pretty even-handed, and in most of my classes, there I haven't taught the campaigns and elections course yet. It doesn't come up, or um, mm-hmm. well, we mention it obliquely. Because uh, I have no private information surrounding this. I again, I'm the ten thousand feet guy. I look at the different narratives that are out there. I look at the different players. That's really the level at which I try to run my classes. It, it's about strategy. It's about uh, narrative. It's about framing. That's about it. But how does this the,
3: affect the philosophy of politics?
0: I oh. mean, in my mind,
3: I've been doing this for thirty years. I will never work on a national presidential. I mean, a, a campaign. Again, unless they legally indemnify me and they won't do that. I won't. And I and I know I, we ended the last segment with we saying <laughs> all your political science people should never go into politics. See, th- I don't agree with that. I think that that's the most important thing that I've taken out of this, and it's a real shame.
0: I think how I try to do it is there's never a golden age in American politics. We can go pretty far back and see it was always really hard-nosed. There are examples of this going way back. I mean just think of the election surrounding Jefferson – politics was always nasty. It was always in Mm -hmm. the dirt. And we're deluding ourselves if we think there was some golden era of public discourse. Mm -hmm. Maybe it existed briefly in the 50s when you had some weird stuff going on with the parties not being aligned in terms of ideology. But for the most part, politics has been nasty. And I think, or I hope, most students are coming in with the blinders off, and then we get them into experiential learning opportunities. And they see it for themselves and they still want to want to do it and but i'll tell you what idealistic.
1: what the lesson here is that there will never be another outsider from dc that is the president of the united states again right. there will never be another donald j trump
3: that's the whole point
1: because they have set the the gauntlet down Mr. Starbucks guy, enjoy your coffee. Right. You're not getting anywhere near the White House. The next five presidents of the United States will be people from the swamp, from D.C., Republican, Democrat, in between. We're never giving the keys of this much power to someone that's not beholden to either a party apparatus or at least has cut their teeth. understanding. And I've been saying that all along. I that's mean, this, what this is, is.
3: This is about destroying the president of the United States. This is about destroying his family. This is about destroying his businesses. This is about destroying his friends who helped get him elected president. Where it's the jackpot I find myself in. Because this can never, ever happen again. There has to be a crater where we once all stood. <laughs> because in seven to ten years, when another billionaire wakes up and he turns to his model wife and says, Honey, my country is broken and only I can fix it. She must say the following. Are you kidding me? Do you see what they did to Donald Trump, his family, his businesses, his friends? There is no way you're doing this. You lay right back down.
1: Well, you know, I mean, we got a lot of people on hold. Let, let's just take a few calls here. David in Lockport, you've been very patient. Go ahead, sir.
2: Well, yeah. I didn't think I'd get on with, uh, you know, what you got in the studio there, but uh, I don't even know where to start at this point after this. You know, uh, I called up when Tony was, was being an idiot, talking about how Putin wants Trump in the White House so that Trump can rebuild our military and uh, make us energy independent, because that's what Putin and the Russians always wanted, was us to be stronger and energy independent. And this is the kind of ignorance compounded with arrogance that the left party, the leftist Marxist party, is filling with hate. And I'll tell you, if I see some moron in a black mask coming at me with anything, I'll make a canoe out of his head. (laughs) (laughs) They're They're doing scorched earth policy. They will not take yes for an answer or no for an answer. And we have been watched, watching our side being attacked for two years with nothing but B.S., while added to the frustration of, of Clinton, Hillary on down, not being touched, including Obama and that broad-beam attorney general that he had that's right in the middle of all of this. And we are sick and freaking tired of not seeing any indictments of the Democrats or the, like, Comies that say they're a Republican. They're traitors. And, and instead of Hillary, if I was as guilty as Hillary, I would shut the hell up and go enjoy my $145 million I got from the Russians for selling our uranium. But no.
3: That $145 million doesn't go as far as it used to, you know.
1: David, excellent call. <laughs> I got a ton of people on hold, but I appreciate David. You know, the other thing is that if you watch CNN's programming, They've got a love letter to the Bush legacy, the Bush family, this documentary running around Bush. I mean, we just celebrated, celebrated. We just passed the anniversary of the start of the Iraq war. George W. Bush is not nearly the pariah that he used to be because now there's someone new that you could beat up. Now Dick Nixon, they've got a a Richard Nixon documentary on CNN and, and you almost feel bad for the guy. During Watergate. It is like there we go back and look at the enemies of the big, bad, horrible Republican conservative uh, icons. And now Trump has just become the largest pinata that everyone could take a whack at.
0: Presidential evaluations are an inter- interesting thing when you update them almost in real time. Right. George W. Bush is kind of lovable now. His, his evaluations are actually going up among experts and among the American public going way back. We we suddenly like. President Grant's now, even yeah, though he right, had a fairly right. corrupt administration, and then Johnson, even though you know, he was this close to impeachment. Wow, that was the right thing to do. That was moral, and we kind of cut out the part that it was pure politics. And so, anyone who who wants to say that these things aren't in flux, you know, that's that's just the, the nature of the times. You know, the
1: the other takeaway too is that when you when you look at, uh, you know, Jimmy Carter is, you know, the oldest living president in the history of the republic and and yet we look at his career and we think habitat for the humanity none of these not things. not stagflation yeah none of, but none of these things he did as president it's the man he was after the malaise ended right. uh, but it's just uh crazy let's go to uh, lou in amherst you're on with michael caputo and dr jacob not go ahead lou lou you there Oh, I hate that radio thing. You always got to tune it down. John of Rochester has been patiently waiting. You had a question for Caputo.
2: Hey, hey, Mike. Uh, listen, uh, you said you're, you you uh, probably won't do any more uh, national political stuff or maybe even regional stuff, but I'll tell you, you showed me you showed me that you got guts, man. You're like Trump. You, you're fighting. You're fighting for your life, but on the other hand, you're a strong individual, and I admire that. And I think a lot of people are going to want to hire you. But, but uh, I wanted to ask you about that Skolkova thing that the Clintons got involved with. And uh, could you give the audience some detail on that? On on um, um, th- the corruption that happened right around when Bill got paid for that speech uh, after the uranium deal. Oh, and- I,
3: I I actually happen to know a lot about uranium one. Um, I used to be director of the communication, Director of Communications for the Russian Bank that paid Bill Clinton half a million dollars to make that speech. Renaissance Capital is the name of it. Uh, I was uh, director of Communications for that bank when I lived in Moscow and for a couple of years after I left. So I, I left in that bank in 2002 and that speech was 2011, I think. Anyway, maybe a little bit after that. But uh, uh, I can tell you what happened to Bill Clinton, because I worked at the bank. The bank gets a call from the, from the Kremlin, uh, because if you aren't hanging out with the Kremlin and you're at a major investment bank in Moscow, you're not in business. And they got a call from Putin's office and said, hey, offer Bill Clinton a half million dollars to speak at your annual conference. And the CEO said, what? We never give any more than 250000 That's a huge amount of money. Just do it. And they did it. Bill Clinton got that money advanced to him via wire before he even opened his mouth. All right? And so is it unusual? Absolutely. Was it a Kremlin payment? Absolutely. Through the fingers of investment bankers that owed their whole entire livelihood to the Kremlin. Let me fast forward for a second. All right? During the time, I am I know I'm, I'm like Forrest Gump in this whole thing. I really am. I mean, I'm in the middle of all this stuff at every angle, and I'm just, I'm just short of being on the spectrum. I swear to God. And so, I, you know, during the time, you know, my my PR firm before I lost it, um, uh, we did a lot of different communications projects, including crisis communications and merger and acquisition communications. We specialized in mergers that were being watched by the United States Committee on Foreign Investment. Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States we call it CFIUS I won't get into too much detail but the CFIUS committee which is made up of seven people from key departments of the presidential administration they examine every acquisition of any American company that presents a national security risk like for example uranium right? Cepheus had to examine the Uranium One deal. At the same time Uranium One was being examined by Cepheus. I was representing a a French firm called Saffron, which is the largest uh, uh, weapons manufacturer, defense contractor in France. It's half owned by the French government. Been around since uh, the American government has been around. 200-year-old firm. They wanted to buy a biometric firm that provided retinal scans, and, and uh, 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 fingerprint scans to the American military in Iraq and Afghanistan. And in order for the French to buy that, they had to go through CFIUS approval. Okay, let me tell you what happened. CFIUS took two years to approve the French buying a biometric company. But CFIUS, the same group, including Hillary Clinton, took... 90 days to approve the 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 purchase of our of what 30 40% of our uranium supplies by the Russian government. We had a friendly government wanting to invest in a biometric company in Boston and it took 2 years and in the end they bought it but they're not allowed to talk to them. There is a wall between them. They're not they're only allowed to take the profits. But the Russians they can buy a large percentage of our uranium in 90 days. So did Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton sell uranium? No, they didn't. But the Obama administration did, and they did it with Hillary Hillary's approval. And her husband got a half million dollars in his pocket via wire from the Putin from Putin's favorite investment bank to do it. The 145 million was just cream on the cake.
1: There you have it, John. Appreciate your call, uh, Lou. We got time real quick for one last question. I Lou's still uh, figuring out the phone thing. Hey, is um, he snoring? Yeah, I don't know. I think he may have passed away. Uh, we'll be praying for his family. Hey, uh, Jacob uh, Nyheisel, what do you think? You want to end this? What's the takeaway here? More, we're we just going to be waiting for more reports. Uh, does this play into
0: 2020? Oh, it absolutely plays into 2020. I think there's real risk of both sides overplaying their hands here, and it really is just going to be interesting to see. What takes root? Which narrative is the one that that carries the day? And really, I, I think the for 2020, for both sides, it's going to depend on the fundamentals. What's the state of the economy doing? And that's going to really determine how this is able to play. It's and the economy stupid. It's the economy stupid. Like, the yeah.
1: stupid. But you gotta, at some point, you have to pivot. If you're going to continue to attack the president, you have to pivot to his personal finances, right. which are now going before he was president. Yeah. And and this there's nothing you can do through any of the powers of the constitution to punish him for things he's done before he was president. This whole thing is just, uh,
0: it's a soup sandwich. I mean, you could probably load him up with civil suits, right? Those, those are not things that the president is, is, uh, able to, to sidestep while he's president, but there's real risk in that strategy. Now they were waiting on the Mueller report to be revelatory and it's not quite what they were hoping it was going to be. And I think the longer they persist with the strategy, the, the more it plays into a narrative that it is a witch hunt. Do you um, think he's going to be impeached? I, I said from day one, I don't think he's going to be impeached. I think this is exactly what Republicans need to stay in line. And the, there have been articles of impeachment floating around for quite mm-hmm. some time. I just don't see them going anywhere. What's your favorite restaurant? Um, What's going on
3: here? I'll bet you right now a dinner between me and you. We can bring our friend Dave. Okay. The president's going to be impeached. It is a metaphysical certitude because they are high on crack on the Democratic Caucus, no, no and way. they can't get away. I don't from
1: think it. they have the horses. I don't think they get them. Yeah, yeah, they don't have the horses. They and don't the other... have the votes. I don't. No, they don't have the intestinal fortitude.
3: Oh, I, 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 I not... disagree. Pelosi I just, loses. David, she
1: loses the party if she does not
3: David, I have had. The full power of the Democratic Party and the federal government shaped into a suppository up my backside. I'm for telling two you years. right now. Nancy, I'm telling you he's going to be Nancy
1: Pelosi's be entire legacy and her her cling to power rests on whether or not she can control her caucus. She has enough infighting. Can going we do on. a three-way
3: bet? It, it would. Yeah. N- it's never going to happen.
1: As long as Pelosi <laughs> is speaker, it's never going to happen. She has too much to lose. But
3: yeah, I'm, we I'm, have a, to I'm go. emotionally invested. I may be a little over. <laughs> we the top
1: have here. to go. It's hardline Caputo, Nye, Heisel, Jake, and I will be back next week on.